Hey everyone, my name is Evan Bieber and welcome to Pop Rocks Interviews. This podcast shares conversations with my favorite independent and up-and-coming artists. Pop Rocks is also a live radio show every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Jake Brewer is a singer-songwriter based in New York whose latest album, Objects in Mirror Are Closer Than They Appear, launched the young creator into a new era of indie bedroom pop. The Seattle native is a recent TEDx speaker, founder of Friendly Media, host of groundbreaking podcast, all while selling out shows across America since 2018. I chatted with Jake about the inspiration behind his debut album and preparing for his music festival, Friendly Fest. Hey, Jake. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm great. Thanks I'm so, great. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I am so, so excited because I feel like I kind of know you already. <laughs> I feel like I kind of know you too. So I'm really glad you said that because I was going to say that and then it was going to be really awkward if you were like, that's not true. No, no, but I do I'm, feel I like the I know exact you. Same way. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that we finally get to to, to meet then. <laughs> Me as well. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. And hopefully we have to meet soon, maybe in person. You from New York? Yes, I live in the East Village. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, next time we can actually probably just make this happen in person. <laughs> yes, yes. That that will be the goal for next time. Sweet. Love it. Um, so I kind of just wanted to start off by chatting about kind of like your music background and when uh, some of your influences growing up. Yeah, yeah. Music has always been kind of a, a strange thing for me. Um, all in all, just because I don't come from a musical family. I mean, my family will sing in the car like no other family. Um, but no, all of them, the rest of my family work in medicine. And so for me to really kind of feel like this was a calling of mine was really strange and something that kind of took me a long time to come to terms with. But I grew up dancing, actually, which always makes people laugh a little bit because yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I will dance. Like, I'll dance. But like you know, you're not going to see me like busting out like serious moves (laughs) or anything anymore. But um, no, my aunt still owns a dance studio. And so I grew up with two sisters. And that was just like, the gigantic family dynamic was in that sort of community. And so I really loved to dance at first. And then um, I remember in elementary school, um, my fifth grade music teacher was like, I really want you to do this musical and I really want you to sing. And I was like, no way. Like that's not happening at all. And I even remember she even went to my mom and was like, you need to force him to do this. Wow. And my mom was like, I really think you should do it. And I really didn't want to. And then I was like, okay, fine. Like I was like, just whatever, like we'll just do it and get it done. But I actually ended up loving it. And since then I just tried to have been, learning instruments and um, kind of tailing it along throughout my life. And really just recently, I think I've really started taking things seriously, um, which is really exciting. I just graduated college last year. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. It's a really weird time in my life. And so I think that's just where I pull a lot of inspiration um, from. But definitely like my family, even if they're not musicians themselves, um, are just huge, huge inspirations to me. Um, I got to, I was just in Portland over the weekend um, and Seattle and to see my family so my sister was graduating dental school and she's a doctor now and just like Ooh, my like, my family <laughs> I know seriously I was like I'm so so proud of her and I think just being around you know ambitious people like my family has kind of just been my biggest motivator all along totally that's awesome um, who are some of your 
Like, what are some artists that are some of your biggest influences? Like, over time or like... I guess right both. now. How about... Yeah, yeah. How about both? Both growing both, up. But I want to know right now, too. Right now, um, I listen to the Omar Apollo album, mm. like, just like front and back, front and back. So good. Um, and I also really love Gracie Abrams. And I laugh because you can't don't ask me what my favorite song is because i i only listen to the album as a whole yeah i don't know what any of the songs are called i think that's I, a like, compliment right i mean like yes. what what artist wouldn't want to hear that <laughs> yes okay thank you because if i ever get the chance to meet her one day i hope she knows that i just like i always have to listen to the cohesive project i never yep. just listen to a singular song if i listen to her it's the entire like this is gracie abram's spotify playlist yep. and that's what i'll absorb and so those two are just huge influences because i think they're doing something really really interesting within the expanding like indie pop bubble mm-hmm. um and i think it's just cool to see their own sort of spin on a genre where you even question what genre they're doing i think that's one of the coolest compliments you can get in music right now totally exactly when it's like your genre list is a very cool yes it's <laughs> a very cool yes. thing or you're kind of just like every genre in one <laughs> it's always a yeah plus. yeah when and I've and I tried. I tried to yeah. do some different stuff, and this, I'm. It's it, sometimes it really falls flat. Um, no, I, I, I was ambitious at one point, <laughs> and no, I tried you, to do some different stuff. Um, you will never ever hear those projects because um, <laughs> I care about the fate of humanity too much to share those. So, well, you should at some point just for fun or not. No, or revisit. It's not gonna happen. No, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was because I tried to do like an. I wanted to do like a. Okay, I'm gonna. It's not rapping. Everyone is. Everyone who is would hear this is gonna be like, "Oh God, no! Don't worry, it wasn't like rapping. I can't rap to save my life." But it was like kind of that like influence. I tried to be like a little bit more gritty, and I listened to it back, and I just literally went, "Ah, like that was cute." Like I can't pull that. I can't. Pull yeah, that yeah. Off, and that's just something I've come to terms with. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. You tried and realized it wasn't for you. I guess. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm comfortable in my lane right now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm yeah. gonna keep going forward. Totally. Well, that's like the interesting part, too, where it's like music is and like you as an artist will like continue to just evolve and have different influences and stuff. And that's what's so cool. Um, speaking yeah. of speaking of your first EP, uh, What Love Did to Me, that came out in 2020. 2020. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was almost two years ago. That, Wait, isn't that crazy? crazy? Yeah. Time makes no I sense. I feel like I just did that. I know. That's Yeah, that was that was really strange. Um Cause I didn't really want to release anything. And then um, I started writing it about two months later, I put it out. Um, I think the whole EP was recorded in my parents' car in their driveway. Cause wow. I was with my parents at that time. Um, Cause it was the very start of the pandemic yep. and I couldn't get peace and quiet anywhere. So I went into the car in the driveway and I set up everything like in my dad's truck. Wow. And that's where like, I think that whole EP was recorded. That's cool. And was that, yeah. did you record it? during the pandemic or was it like right before it was was completely yeah it was completely during I think it took me like almost like a month or two to to write it and just and then put it out because I was like well I was like I don't I don't see a reason to wait like I was like this could be two months or this could be three more years like I'm not gonna wait for the pandemic to end us because it just felt so relevant at that time so I was like why not yeah how did it feel when you first put that out because you had so you had you had what do you have about before then a Christmas 
I had some really awful music out before then, <laughs> like really but you awful were, music. But like you're like younger, and then you were younger then, and then the music. So like that first was like you were pretty young in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a very I'm a very ambitious person, yeah. and so <laughs> I was like I don't second guess myself yeah. like a lot. Like, or it's actually I do, but like actually not really with music. Like if, if I just do it, like I just want to do it, and I yeah. want it to be out there. Because yeah. then I don't like I'm not one to like simmer on something for so long to figure out if it feels right. Like I want it out there. And I want then you learn how it feels and everything I'd released prior up until then. I was like, this ain't this ain't it. <laughs> and um, there's some stuff that's you can probably find on the Internet somewhere now. I don't recommend listening to it, though. <laughs> but like, you know, that, that had to happen. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. me To get to a point where like I really do enjoy the music that I put out now. Um, and so but that EP was probably was the like huge shift and turning point for me just because it it was the first time I think I was really in personally inspired by something mm -hmm. to write and i think that's what was different that time around i wasn't just making up stories at that point i was really just like what do i want to write about right now yeah do you feel like the pandemic i mean it's really interesting because now it's uh been so long since 2020 but at the same time doesn't feel so long but throughout these past couple of years and i'm sure you as well have seen the growth of so many different artists and it's hard to know if like the the pandemic although horrible situation for music and putting out music is kind of really interesting because you have this opportunity to speak to different artists and um, different uh, people get to hear your music. Do you feel like that kind of may have helped putting out an album at 2020 during 2020? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it feels really, really strange to say something positive about the yes. past couple of years. Yeah. But like, I, but I will say, um, I think there was this, I think, I think music and, um, how overwhelming like constant releases can be did was like a little bit less saturated i think over the past couple of years because i think so many like especially major artists kind of held on to projects to wait for the right time mm -hmm. so i think there was a really really great opportunity where you know the demand for music didn't go down if anything it really went up mm -hmm. i would i would think just because people want that comforting element and so for the artists who were used to creating and writing and producing music in their bedrooms like there wasn't an impact there but like you know for the the artists who are used to going to a studio like they had to actually wait mm -hmm. and so i think it was a really unique opportunity for young artists to go okay wait this feels like a window that's going to close immediately like this is my time to run through this door and be one of the few people releasing new music or writing new music right right now and i think that's something i didn't really realize until i put that after i put that project out um just being like hey like there's no other major release on this day that i chose and i was like i think people are going to listen to it more because it's not like there's three albums they're going to yep. listen to before they get to mine you know yeah and you have the you have the time like i listen to i mean i always listen to so much music but especially then i just feel like um yeah it it that year especially in 2020 I feel like was a year of a lot of like discovery within yourself and then music is obviously so helpful for that so I think that's really special that you put out your album then and um I just was wondering how do you think your your sound or your even like your songwriting has evolved since then a ton a ton I I would I would say a much larger shift than I ever really anticipated um and I think that's because there was a really interesting response that I hadn't received before with what love did to me that EP that I was like, wait, I want to shift it up again mm -hmm. and see if I can like get this sort of reaction 
once more. And so I, um, I was graduating college. This was like the last few um, months. And I'd really told myself, like, I just really wanted to finish school strong. Like I didn't really want to do all too much. Like I was supposed to tour that like summer and that got canceled. Like I really wasn't mm-hmm. in the mood to like do much music stuff. Yeah. And so right as my senior year was ending, I was like, okay, I really want to do this now. Like I felt like I'd been waiting a long time. And so I got connected with a producer. Um, her name's Al Reardon. And we just connected on a really, really cool level. And, and our first little Zoom call, I was like, I have this idea and I have this idea and I want to write about this, 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 this. And she was like, just send me all of it and we're just going to move forward. Awesome. And it was really refreshing because I was so scared to work with a producer for the mm-hmm. first time and be like, I like, you know, these are things that mean a lot to me and are they going to, you know, flip it around and it's not going to feel right anymore. But yep. it was I was so, so wrong about that because I heard my own song back after she worked on it. And like, it was the most beautiful feeling, like almost hearing your own work of art for the first time, like as a listener. Um, And I think that just energized me so much. And I just wanted to keep kind of pushing the boundaries of what we did. Like we did one song and I was like, I want to do a rock song next. And she was like, well, let's, we can go, we can use that for inspo, but like yeah. maybe we don't need to go all the way there yet. And I was like, yep. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a really great relationship. And then we ended up doing um, my full album that just came out earlier this year, I guess two months ago now-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up doing that whole project together. And I think that's, that was such a pivotal point for me musically, but also very personally too. For sure. And you co-produced it as well? Yeah, I did, which is really weird because I don't call myself a producer, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, we'll do the producer credits and everything. And she was like, well, you have a producer credit too. And I was like, I didn't do anything. She was like, you wrote like all, all the melodies. Like, what are you talking about? And like, you put together all the demos and you, we, we had zoom calls that were like sharing her screen. Mm-hmm. And cause she moved to Australia halfway through oh, doing wow. the album. So I would be, I would Your work. Time zone is like, yeah, I would literally work <laughs> on the album, like almost overnight. Yeah. Um, and we would be like, you know, I'd just be nitpicking. And I'd be pointing at my screen. I'd be like, right there, like that. And she'd be like, I can't see what you're like pointing. At. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I was just like pointing all around. And I was like, I want to like. Boom. It was really fun because it, I didn't really know how it worked until we did that first song. And I was like, I want to boom boom here, and I want this. And I was like, let make that hit for two more beats. And she was like, all right. So yeah. So I don't consider myself a producer because I don't know anything that she did. But all I know is that I apparently helped a little bit. Hey, well, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> and the album is great. Objects in Mirror are closer than they appear. Um, it is so beautiful. Uh, oh, thanks. It's it, a clunky title. It's well, I love it. I love long titles. Yeah, I'm I'm from like the like pop punk world where they were just like 400 words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I love a long title. The whole album is is really just it's pretty like raw and honest yeah it's very simple um and it was really interesting because i just i was working on it like not almost thinking like about a track list or like anything like that i just really wanted to open up the doors for whatever i wanted to create in that moment and i took a long time to do the album almost a whole year between the single the first single and the album because i wanted it to like almost mark like points in my life Mm. and almost feel like when you listen to the album as a whole, it was like you could hear the progression mm. of of like the, basically the age of 23 of my life. And um, 
it was it was a really interesting process because it would be like once the song's done it's done which mm-hmm. was a hard thing for me to do because i wanted to always go back because i'd learn something new with the next song yeah but i really wanted that strong documentation and i learned um i was like i i'm i'm writing so many songs about like releasing control and how like un- i learn more about myself when i'm not so obsessed with controlling a situation and I was um, I was like obsessed with like the concept of mirrors because it was like this feels just such like a reflective piece, but not like something so literal, like I'm not talking to myself in any of it. But like every song was a stream of consciousness where I tried not to think too hard, but just kind of let it all come out of me. And so and then I learned I was like, oh, like objects mirror closer than they appear is like only on the passenger side of a car and the mirror and i was like that's such an interesting metaphor because i really was like the passenger seat in my own life like i didn't need to take control of anything but also like when you're in the passenger seat you enjoy so much more of what's going on around you it's not just forward you can look to the sides and backwards and it i'm a huge metaphor person and so that just felt really right um and also just like the literal meaning of like what we like look for especially at my age of like 23 you know we're taught just to like chase 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 like that's exactly what you're supposed to do now like you're supposed to hit the ground running right out of school but I was like I feel like I'm I'm running forward but I'm like running right past all of these amazing Mm. moments that everyone says they wishes they could they wish they could always go back to and so it was just a message to to myself and I think once I decided on the title every song fell into place and it felt like this just perfect 10 song bundle yeah that's incredible because that doesn't always happen uh especially like you said like the recording and then like okay the next song and that the title really does it makes so much sense how that could like affect the rest of the album because that makes so much sense with what you said and and the kind of the song uh the, the story that the songs tell um it's it's a great album what would you say is like your I've never asked anyone this, but I'm just curious. What's what was like the hardest song to write? Yeah, um, there was a few songs that I wrote multiple times just over over like the past few years, because there were some stories just from like my childhood and everything that I kind of wanted to tell. And um you, you always just know when a song's right and when yeah. when it, it's the correct version. And the um, the last song on the album is called All the Spaces I Left Blank. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the one that was, it's so, it's funny because I wouldn't call it the hardest. It was, it took the longest strike, but it wasn't yeah. the hardest just because once I was ready to write it, it just like was mm. the, it was so easy. But I think I put so much pressure on myself to write it because I knew exactly what the song was. Like I wanted to write this song about, you know, losing a role model and kind of feeling like I was empowered so much by you and then questioning, well, was all of that a lie? And then have I been basing all of my dreams and my ambitions on something that I never should have wanted and all that confusion that happens there, but also learning to like find like, hey, like if if that never was your intention to lift me up in that way, like I got here by myself then, like maybe I can be the own person to fill the void that that sort of role model was. And so it was a really, um, it was a really tough song to write. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really scared to share it with the producer. Cause I was like, I like, this is something I don't, cause I was worried. I was like, if I don't love this first mm-hmm. version, like it's going to ruin the song for me. And like, I don't, then I'll have to rewrite it again. And I really yeah. wanted it on this project. And I heard it the, for the first time and I was like, it's done. I don't think we changed anything Wow. because I was just like, this is it. Like wow. it just felt so true. And so I think that one was probably, the hardest yeah but also like when it came like the time it was 
it was one of the last few I, I wrote and it was I was like this is just the perfect album conclusion too yeah and that's one of my favorites on the album <laughs> it thank really you, is thank a, you I mean I love any good like sad song <laughs> yeah and, and yeah it, it's yeah. fun I, li- I hear the album and I think they're all like sad songs uh-huh. um but then some people are like I they're like I don't hear a single sad song on this album and I was like what do you mean like like a lot of my friends will be like this is such a hopeful album mm, because mm-hmm. it's never like a song never ends with like ow you heard yeah, me yeah, yeah. and just conclusion like that's not how many of them go it's always like a damn why why do I feel this way kind of like yeah. Hmm. And like, that's how the song will end. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting to hear how it can be absorbed from all these different perspectives. Um, and I think that's because I really tried to not over overthink it and just yeah. kind of tell myself what I almost needed myself to hear. And then however other people want to interpret that, whether that's me talking to them or, or inspired by the way that I can talk to myself, well, however they want to interpret it. Yeah. it like, I'm, I'm so happy with that. Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite song that, well, uh, have you performed you perform these songs live, right? I was I'm yeah. so sad that I was supposed to see your show that was with Jenny Wait, Kern. When? With Jenny Kern, yes. like last and I I was sick before it. And so I couldn't oh, go. No. And it was like the like the spike of I didn't have COVID, but it was like the I I didn't want to go to a concert while I was sick. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, well, so this is gonna make me sound awful. I had the worst cold of oh, my life no. during like that um that show. And I like I fought like hell. Yeah, <laughs> like it was it was it was rough, but it was also just one of the most fun like yeah. shows I think I've ever played. But yeah, I've done a ton of these songs live, and it's it's fun when you, a song almost ha- finds its new breath of mm. life when you do it live for people. Totally. Also, your the album in general I forgot to mention had like a very it was like very well received. I feel like you have a lot of people that listen to you and like your music how did it feel when you finally put out the album and you had people actually got to like talk to you about these songs that that you obviously loved and were excited to put out yeah it's I feel different about it every day to be honest like there'll be some days where like I'll admittedly be like I want to listen to my album and see if I if I hear it the same way and then there will be other days where I'm like oh my God, people can listen to this on demand whenever they want. Like, that's like a terrifying thought. Um, When it first comes out though, like that's the most like nerve wracking feeling. Like I remember like you, like you stay up till midnight and then you see it's out and then you just like sit there and you go, well, there's probably some people (laughs) listening to it right now. Like they're probably listening to this song based on the time. Yeah. So you're just watching like the Spotify for artists, just like looking at the number. Yep. Yep. And it's, (laughs) it's so, it's terrifying and then like you know they'll slowly drop and you're like oh like dang they dropped a drop track six or <laughs> what like you know like so true that's, yeah that's, albums are yeah. tough albums are tough now i don't know if i don't know if like the like or maybe they do maybe i'm being rude to like a regular not like a music obsessed person but albums are tough to put out now because uh, a lot of people that's why a lot of people just put out like EPs or just a few songs at a time because of what exactly what you said people's like attention spans after whatever but I'm an album person so I I love listening to an album start to finish love love an album yeah especially something that like it like there are songs on the album I don't think could there's songs that shouldn't be released as singles like they wouldn't it wouldn't be the same way because there are ones that's like, and it's even if people don't listen to it this way, like I I had to make it this way where it's like the parallelism between certain like lyrics and the metaphors that I yes. choose of like, of like 
bridges burning and pieces and the way that like you kind of use the same metaphor but in a opposite way i think later in the album is something that i do so intentionally and it doesn't matter if anybody picks up on that just because i that's just part of the way that i want to write yeah but you know like i couldn't do that with a span of eps or a series of singles or or whatever but it's tough it's tough to release an album and ask people to spend 30 minutes you know listening to the whole thing i guess but yes it's true uh like Yeah. yeah because it's like funny because in theory like that is it's still I think the best way to listen to any, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's not the norm right now. I don't think. <laughs> no, no. And maybe one day we'll get back to it. Yeah. Um, but I, and hopefully like, you know, as you choose a next single and then people figure out the song that plays after it on the album, like yes. there's always ways for people to come back to it and you know, it'll, it'll lives on forever. And my goal is that it just lives around long enough where people can get to the last track of the album, yeah. the one I'm most proud of. Yeah. And I did it really on purpose because it was a perfect closing track, but also like it was the one that I think was would be the most rewarding for people to hear just to me. Like, I think just sharing that story and having people consume that. Like, so I was like, I just need to keep pushing people back to it so they can get to that. Song. Yes, totally. Um, I also wanted to talk about friendly media. Um, oh yeah, let's. Yeah, I'll hold the whole company. Yeah, yeah, I, let's. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. talk about friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. If you get me talking about friendly, I will talk about. Friendly. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. I'm. Gonna, I'll give you like the super kind. You know, we don't have three hour version of <laughs> of the story. Um, essentially, a few years ago, I was I was really struggling because I was just finding that like a lot of agents or venues or publications or whatever really weren't fond of me as an artist reaching out and trying to market and manage myself. And it was really tough because I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm working so hard. Like, don't they love that? Like, I'm so committed that I will be bold enough just to ask for, ask Mm -hmm. for the space, ask for the stage, you know, ask for the time, whatever. Um, And so I asked my friend Madison and I was like, Hey, will you come home? Like, Board, like and just act as my manager and she was like sure and like she loves entertainment law like that is her mm. that's her dream and so we kind of collaborated in this in this really unique way and we were like well hey like this kind of like works well like this can't be like a unique problem just to me um and so I, I just asked a ton of my friends and I was like you know let's get these people together like I studied um PR in school and so like oh, nice. public relations and and like all and you know music marketing are such huge dreams and like just create creative outlets that I just drift right towards yeah to the point where almost like my own music and like I can't keep up with the music that needs to be released for me to feel like I fill that creative outlet mm. and so I was like I want to manage other artists and it was really tough at first because people were like you can't do that you can't be an artist and you can't manage an artist like that's going to be so many conflicts you're going to be so confused like it doesn't work like that the music (laughs) industry works like this Uh, and i was just i I would i would laugh so much because i was like when has any quote-unquote successful person ever said i realized it didn't work that way so i didn't do it yeah like like that's never the story but like we all want to like follow in their paths but we don't actually adopt that mentality mm-hmm. ever and so I was like I'm I'm gonna do it like I and I, I need to because I get so much inspiration from working with artists of different genres and yeah. with different goals and ambitions and you know I learned so much about the work that they do that I bring back to myself and then but I also think it brings a really interesting standpoint where when 
you know, we're working on a release and everything. And I'm wearing a manager hat at that point. Mm -hmm. Like I know what it feels like to feel personal connection to their art. Like it would be so insensitive of me just to like steamroll right over that. Even if that's what I thought as the manager was the best idea. Like I understand what that feels like to have somebody tell you the way you should distribute your art, when it should happen, Mm -hmm. what you should say about it. Like that it feels so constricting. So I, I think it enables a really strong, um, I don't know, impact that, that yeah. I have in terms of the world of, of management, because, you know, everybody within Friendly understands all sides of everything that's going on. And I yeah. think that's why we all work together so collaboratively and so well is we just have the utmost respect for everybody, but also that we just want to see everybody get supported. And we all understand yeah. that, you know, success in music is not a finite thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really had to learn lately where, you know, somebody else's song blows up, goes viral. That doesn't mean anything that I work on won't. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And no. I think that mentality is placed in us. I don't know where, but um, that was something that I was definitely victim of for so long, just that way, that way of thinking. And I think the collective community of friendly really helped me move beyond that. Mm. And I've never been ins- more inspired than I am right now because of him. That's awesome. I mean, I listen to a lot of the artists. I mean, I, cause I, for, for pop rocks, I listen to a lot of the artists that, yeah. And you, yeah, cause you, you talked to Eaglin. Yes, I did talk, talk to Eaglin. So, they're they so the awesome. I love them. Love, the love, love sweetest, them. Sweetest, sweetest people and their whole family. They're like literally my second family. Oh, I, amazing love, love them all so much. Yeah. I love them. They were so sweet. Love their music. Yeah. They're awesome. So the artists that you, that you represent, are all awesome <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah they all like blow me away they'll be like oh here's the new song and i'll be like, cool and i'll be like are you kidding <laughs> like what i just and it, it's it's so fun because we're all just so young and we're all yeah. just we have the utmost ambition and it's just it's the best environment to be in where like you feel like you can just you feel like you can trip and fall and like yeah. It, everybody will view it as a success yes. just because of that. It feels like the best, it's almost weird to call it a safety net because they actually don't even feel like there needs to be a net to fall into. Like we're just yeah, all there doing what we love to do. Yeah, it really, Simple you guys are just like a nice support system, but it's cool because you're also working, like you're, you're all just helping each other in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're doing, um, this is where I should actually think about the things that I should be talking about too. We're doing a music festival in August. Oh wait, Friendly um, Fest? Yes. Yes, tell me so about Friendly Fest. It's, it's one of my favorite, well, it's happened once and I say it's my favorite night of the year. Um, <laughs> no, so like last year, um, I'd always really wanted to organize a music festival because one of the biggest like catch 22s about music festivals is like, if you haven't played one, nobody's going to let you play one before. Mm. So I was like, well, why don't we just make one? And then that's everyone's starter. Like who's going to stop us from doing that. So that's what we did last year. And we just streamed it and it was all pre-taped and um, it went like way better than I ever thought like it would. I learned that the only thing scarier than things going bad is actually things going really well mm. because we prepare ourselves <laughs> for the worst, but yes. we never prepare ourselves for when things go really well and we don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And so I had the best time and I just got to meet so many artists from like around the world. And I just talked to so many people and it was, it was amazing. Like the response from that. And so we're doing in person for the first time, August 7th, it's at the Bowery electric and we're already like brainstorming because I want to make it like not something just for like, you know, everybody plays their little 20 minute set and we like rotate through like we, 
we've all talked internally about like the things that are going to happen in between each other's sets and in each other. Like it's, it's going to be a, it's not a lie. It's not, I don't know. I'm going to say this the wrong way, but hopefully you get what I mean of like, it's not like a lineup of people just doing what they normally do. It's like this lineup of people come together and we're creating one show. Mm, essentially. Yes. Totally makes sense. I love it. That's, yeah, that's so awesome. Really when stoked. is that? August 7th, August 7th, Sunday, August 7th. Tickets are on sale now. Friendly media, mm. F R N D L Y media.com. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I was going to say you have a good a podcaster voice, but you have a podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I haven't done it in a hot minute, but my goal is once this, once the album has settled yeah. and probably once Friendly Fest has passed, yeah. then I'm going to, I want to go, I want to go back into that because I love, 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 love the podcast. Yeah. Podcasting is fun and talking to, talking to artists are fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You know. Yeah. I do you know. The same way about yeah. that. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And I listen to yours. I listen to, I listen to yours with Eaglin. Yes. And it was so good. Okay. They, yeah, they're my, that was so funny because we like had to pretend like we didn't know everything about each other. <laughs> and I would be like asking the most basic questions and be like, where are you from? Even though I could like recite <laughs> yeah. their bio, like if you just, yeah, on the spot. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I thought before you go, we could play a game if that's cool with you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is my new, uh, I, I, my new favorite game. It's called, I was not new. I've been playing for a bit. It's called a random question generator. Um, I just think it's funny because okay. it's just a website that's literally randomquestiongenerator.com. Uh, and it just pulls up a random question that's not music related, but it, they're just random. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm uh, really stoked. All right, cool. I'm going to roll the or spin the wheel. All right. The question is, what fictional character would you most like to be friends with? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Random um, question generator. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, you thought of it. Also, that sound on the buzzer thing scared me. Sorry. I didn't know that was going to happen. There was no warning. Um, <laughs> no, I like almost jumped. Uh, okay, wait, what fictional character? Um, oh, my gosh. No, the pressure. What I want to be friends with? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, Max from Stranger Things, just because oh. that's what I watched very recently. Um, and I just feel like that would be fun. Not like in their world. I wouldn't last a second. <laughs> Same. But like in our world, please. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what's on the top of my mind. That's a great one. Good answer. I mean, any answer you said would be good. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. There will be a sound. Okay. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> that, for some reason, it sounded less abrupt that time. <laughs> maybe maybe thank we you for both saying prepared. that thank you for saying that yeah. <laughs> yeah um what is the weirdest food combination that you enjoy i enjoy yeah or maybe would try i don't know I would try. Mm, okay so this is this is interesting because i'm i've been vegan for a long time now oh, nice i'm so vegetarian so. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um I'm trying to think of the strangest thing that I've there were the strangest food combination. I really want to give you a good answer. I'm like thinking about what's in my cabinet right now. Um, <laughs> something that you would just mix. <laughs> yeah, because I don't. Ugh. Um, okay, wait. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. I don't even like put like a weird, like so I'm not actually like an adventurous eater. <laughs> okay, wait. This is no, everyone's gonna think I'm so lame. No, they're um, not. I I couldn't pick a food combination. 
okay wait i love okay maybe this is maybe this is like a strange okay, okay. this isn't that strange okay um but uh i i love this like espresso like i love straight espresso yeah um and i also love chai and a lot of people mm. don't like chai and espresso together but i will make um dirty chai lattes without milk like literally oh. just espresso and chai interesting and it's yeah it tears your stomach apart it's <laughs> yeah. so bad for you no one should ever do that i will, I will probably do that tomorrow yeah. it sounds so yeah. good it sounds really interesting because i love a dirty chai latte yes but i i d- would die for chai yeah i just it's the best flavor anyway yeah. i guess that's not strange because people most people do probably enjoy that but that's just been my obsession lately but i don't like a lot of milk in it like i will just have the absolute bitter taste of it all right that sounds great um yeah. let's do one more how's the sound okay all right cool it's a good one all right let's let's hope here's the sound oh, okay <laughs> all right last one what is a lie or exaggeration you said to impress someone oh oh my god um a lie I, I hit you with some <laughs> um i why did I already thought of a few? Um, <laughs> no food combos, I, but lies. <laughs> I once, I think it, it might say on my resume that I won two Emmys, um, but uh, I won two college Emmys. Oh. So it's not really a lie. It's no. an exaggeration. There you go. Or it's uh, maybe a lack of d- specific detail. Um, that's one that I would definitely stretch the truth on i've definitely lied about my gpa before love it. it's definitely happened because i ended with a 3.49 and i de- just rounded and everything up. yeah and everything cuts off at a 3.5 so i've definitely lied about that before yeah. i'm like thinking about my resume what i've lied on um not a lot other than other than that i don't think just um, the emmy in the the gpa <laughs> the emmy the emmy thing Emmy's a good one I think because it's I mean, I've no I have no guilt. Yeah, you know it's a lie. You could if people really want to check it, they they could. Um, and then you'd be like online. I it I did get an Emmy, a college Emmy. Yep, yep. <laughs> I definitely I def I lived in Australia for some time too, and I definitely pretended to be Australian like when we'd go out too. But I don't think anybody bought that lie either. Well, they I'm knew like about in Australia. Time. I'm sure that they that you weren't Australian. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 there was no, actually, I really <laughs> visually probably could pass for Australian. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, my accent was, was uh, really, really bad. I'll just do that everywhere. My friends and I will do that. This is so cringy. Everyone's going to hate me. Um, no one's going to stream the music after I say this. <laughs> but like, you know, like, you're like, oh, sometimes I'll just do an accent if we go into a oh, restaurant. Yes. I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm British. I turn British all the time. <laughs> yeah, just because why not? They've never seen you before. They don't Actually, know. I go to the same restaurant over and over. They're probably like, <laughs> this kid This kid is white as hell. Honestly, same. I probably, yeah. I, I do randomly turn British, but you're right. I only go to the same bar, so. <laughs> yeah, so they know now. They it's just know. something I do for myself. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, he's doing it again. Um, well, Jake, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I had a blast. That was such a, that was such a weird way to end. I know, the, exactly. But but thank you. Yeah, we like <laughs> talked about the, the depth of the album and then yeah, yeah. all the lies I've told. And yeah. all the lies. But I don't lie on the album. No, lie. only the truth. 
there's only only the truth on the album lies only on the resume and we don't have to worry about yes yes oh actually well i did exaggerate on the album a lot there's there's songs (laughs) there's songs that imply i was cheated on i wasn't cheated on i should probably confess that um this is anyway this is just a confession this is like a confessional today you're like we're like an hour over time no no there's no overtime you're great (laughs) um well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it um and all the kind words too and letting me talk about this project because it means a lot to me of course well thank you again i'll see you soon thank you very much evan Hey, if you like what you heard today and you want to hear even more interviews, follow our podcast at Pop Rocks Interviews. And if you're bored and you have a minute, give us a rating on Spotify or iTunes. Also, feel free to follow us on social media at Pop Rocks BK. Pop Rocks.